You are imperfect, permanently and inevitably flawed, and you are beautiful. Amy Bloom. what's up and welcome back to another coffee talk today I'm gonna to be doing a decaf brew with you guys and I've really been enjoying okay so I've been filming the coffee talks a little bit out of order lately because I'm leaving for Bali at the end of February so I had to pre-film a lot of these coffee talks and because of that I filmed two coffee talks in a row where it was Q&A style and I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed I guess kind of spinning off of your guys's questions your guys's just thought-provoking like point starters if you will so I feel <laughs> like it's interesting hearing what you guys actually want to talk about it's nice kind of having some input on your end and I feel like it just kind of includes you guys in the conversation a little bit more as well as it just sparks more ideas for me to kind of free flow and one thing that I want to try and get better at unless I'm doing like extensive research I prefer to kind of just talk to you guys more free flow anyway, but a lot of the times, just full painful honesty, my anxiety can sometimes like bubble up whenever I know I need to film. I think it's just like a mental thing because I just know that I'm sitting down and hitting record on a camera. So sometimes it can make me a little bit more anxious and it can make me kind of start to put up these like little, almost like not bubbly walls, but just like, I feel like I just kind of, I don't dehumanize myself. I just definitely put on a like, hey guys. And like, I take a lot of my goofiness, a lot of my quirkiness, a lot of that kind of stuff out sometimes because I think I just need to, I don't know, it's just an anxiety thing. So I think having your guys' questions helps me relax into it a little bit more and not having points to talk off of from a phone or a piece of paper also just kind of helps me flow a little bit more. So we're going to try this for the next few ones. Let me know if you like it. I'm still going to do some where I do points before because I really do like having my like knowledge and my research backed, especially when I'm talking about important things like mental health and things like that. But at the same time, you know, these are supposed to feel like we're just chilling over coffee. So I asked you guys to basically write in any questions you guys have about food, exercise, body image or anything like that. And I'm going to answer them. We're going to go through them. Okay. So one of the things that I've done in the coffee talks as well is I've kind of just like flicked the questions and then landed on it because again, it takes some of the pressure off so that none of you guys feel like I'm jumping over questions or just like not answering you. This is how we know that it's just that random. So if you don't answer your question this time, be sure to go follow my Instagram. You can be in the next one. Um, but let's do that. Okay. Peta underscore Jacqueline wants to know, what's your favorite form of meditation? So I would say my favorite form of meditation is, is it cheating if I say it's my own form? I really do love guided meditations and I find that switching up my meditation practice definitely gets me in a new state of like getting more from my meditation. But a lot of the times in terms of how I actually meditate on a day-to-day -day basis, in terms of how I've like habitualized it, I guess. I don't really have any go-to methods. I don't really have any go-to people. I don't really have any go-to guided meditations. I really just enjoy kind of putting on either environmental sounds or 
there's a couple different things that you can do. You can do um, instrumental music. Sometimes I do environmental sounds. I have a couple playlists on my Spotify for meditating as well that do have lyrics in them. One of them in particular, it's called uh, Slow Down. Uh, but another thing you can do is you can listen to music that is, and this has just been a recent discovery of mine with one of the books I've been reading, but it's talking about music that's at 432 hertz. And what that is, is it's just like a different vibration that's meant to open up your channels. So I've also been listening to YouTube videos of that kind of music when I've been meditating as well. And not to get too cosmic on you right now, because I know this is a decaf brew, but every time I listen to that kind of music, I feel like a sensation kind of, you know, when you get um, tingles on your body, that kind of happens to me every time I listen to like 432 hertz music. So highly recommend. Hopefully that answered your question. Just basically, I like doing, I just like listening to what I like to listen to and just kind of zoning out. Forewarning, just sorry if I mess up any of your guys' Instagram handles. It's underscore Matt Hildenais? M-A-T-H-I-L-D-E-A-N-A-I-S. Wants to know, what is your yoga journey like? I wanna know about your teacher training. My yoga journey, I feel like I've kinda of gone through it a few times with you guys, so I'll keep it simple. I started getting into yoga probably in high school. I did like a couple random classes at the gym, like nothing too crazy. I always really was intrigued by yoga. I loved yoga. It was so fluid and I was always very drawn to it, but I, when I was a teenager, I just didn't have the consistency. I didn't have like the ability to actually zone in on something long enough to kind of master it. So I would dip in and out of classes here and there and I was always intrigued by it. And then it wasn't until about the end of 2017 that I started to actually take it on as a more regular practice in my routine. And it was mainly for my anxiety. I felt like it helped a lot. It helped me really reconnect with my body. So this is gonna, I'm gonna get really deep on you guys right now. I'll give you that forewarning real quick. But in all honesty, I have a problem sometimes, especially with my anxiety, to kind of disassociate in a lot of ways. It's just, it's it sounds really intense, but all it really is is I get so in my head sometimes that I don't connect to my body and I don't remember to kind of feel life through my body and yoga really helped with that. So especially at the time where I got into yoga, I wasn't going to therapy at that time, so I wasn't able to make that connection that that was what I was doing. I just always felt like I was so in my head and my thoughts were just kind of running rampant all the time. I said this wasn't going to be a long explanation, so let's tie it up. Um, so long story short, I started doing yoga and it really helped me get into my body. It really helped me take deeper breaths, which I wouldn't even realize I wasn't doing. And it just helped me make that mind-body connection again. And then uh, I would say about seven months, seven or eight months after I started doing yoga, I started doing therapy. And from talking to my therapist, I've learned a lot about the things that I did before going to therapy that were actually kind of, it's very intriguing to me how we can be naturally drawn to things that heal us without really realizing what we're doing, because that's exactly what I think I was doing at that time is I was just finding anything that would put me back into my body that would take away my anxiety, that would take away my kind of um, racing thoughts a lot of the time. And uh, now that I know that that's kind of an issue that I have, that's ex exactly why I love yoga so much is it's because it puts me so much more back into my body, back into my limbs, back into my muscles. It reminds me that I'm not just like a, it's really hard to explain. It's hard to like pull a lot of these feelings that I have sometimes into words, but 
it just kind of reminds me to be in my body. It reminds me that I'm allowed to take up space. It helps me reconnect with the earth around me and it just really, yeah, it fulfills that for me. And as for my yoga teacher training, I'll tell you guys more about it. I feel like I'll have so much more to say about it after I do it or while I do it because I'm going to be weekly vlogging while I'm there. I've decided that I know that it could be intense. So even if my weekly vlogs are me just turning on the camera for two minutes every day of the week and just telling you guys verbally what's going up, I just feel like that would be going on. Sorry, not going up. Uh, I feel like that would just be anything more than just like not vlogging at all. So yeah, I'll tell you guys about it as I'm doing it. I'll tell you guys about it, all about it afterwards. I only have anxiety about two things. Really, I'm only giving myself space for anxiety for two things. I probably could worry about more, but I'm not gonna let myself. Uh, I feel very excited about it, but the two things that I'm a little just like about is the fact that one, it's gonna be the longest I've ever been away from Bentley, ever. And that just like hurts my heart a little bit. It hurts my heart more just because I wish I could explain to him what's happening, but I also know dogs don't really have a perception of time. Um, and then two, I love traveling, but I do have a little bit of like catastrophic thinking, just thinking that like something terrible is gonna happen to you because you're stepping so far out of your comfort zone. That's another thing that sometimes happens to me. You will never know it, but sometimes when I'm on planes and stuff, I just have like weird, I just like go to some dark places and I'm like, why am I even thinking of that? That's just gonna make me feel worse. So those are the only two little feelings that kind of float up sometimes, but I just, I check myself real quick. Next question. O-Z-G-I-E underscore wants to know, how do you exercise when you don't feel like it? This is a hard one because this comes with so many different layers. It, it really depends on why you don't feel like it. If you're not feeling like it because you're tired or you're overworked, or maybe you're feeling really like mentally fatigued, maybe you, I don't know, you really gotta just like ask yourself why don't you feel like it? Because if you have a valid reason, like if you are super mentally fatigued, if you are loading up way too much on your plate, if you're already really busy right now, do not break your neck trying to exercise. Like realistically, you gotta think about exercise just like anything else in your life. It's all, you're burning up energy. And so if you're already burning a lot of energy in your day to day, I feel like it would be almost more detrimental to try and include a, an extensive workout into your day if you're already feeling like you're pretty zapped, you know? And I think that there's things that you can do without having to make any crazy drastic changes that we can talk about at another time, but like there's things you can do to definitely lift and elevate the amount of energy you have without having to make too much change in like your physical world. That said, I think that if, you, if you're not feeling that right now, like if you're feeling really depleted all the time, it's just gonna burn you out more. It's just gonna like, you're not gonna enjoy your workouts, you know? you're gonna wanna feel good when you exercise. One of the biggest lessons I feel like I've learned about exercise is it's not about feeling like you're dying, it's about feeling like you're living. Like you're supposed to feel good in your body as you're exercising, but that doesn't mean that you're sitting there like smiling as you're breaking a sweat, you know? Like I just mean you're supposed to feel in tune with your body and if you're feeling like super tired or whatever and you just really don't feel like it like find a different way to get moving it doesn't have to be that crazy or it doesn't even have to be labeled as exercise technically like walking is exercise dancing is exercise any kind of movement whatsoever getting up and stretching for 20 minutes instead of just sitting on the couch when you watch tv is in a sense exercise it's just moving your body you're getting movement in you know you're burning up some energy or you're let me rephrase that you're not burning up your energy you're using your energy but if you have no energy to use then don't don't like get crazy about exercise that's where i think we fall out of balance and that's where at least from my experience like 
it just doesn't do you any good. So again, if you guys want a different video on like how to increase your energy without even like having to change up your routines or anything like that, let me know. But let's keep going because we've got lots of questions. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. So Aubrey, Aubrey, three Y's on the last Aubrey, wants to know what is your why as to living a healthy lifestyle? That's a really good question. I have a few whys. There's like the standard why, you know, when you live a healthy lifestyle, you're automatically going to be happier. You're going to have more energy. Life will come easier, right? My deeper sense of why than that is because and I'm about to go deep and on a tangent again, and I apologize, but this is my truth. My deeper sense of why is that I'm very much aware that I am existing inside of this body, right? Like, I know that that sounds weird, but I am aware that I'm just energy. I'm aware that as much as like my body is my body, I'm also experiencing life through my body. And I think I've put my body through a heap load of shit that I really... I don't regret it because it taught me a lot, but I, I've done enough and I've been in so many different perplexing relationships with my body that I've gotten to a point now where 
I really just want to take care of myself. Like I realize how valuable our bodies are and how much our bodies do for us and how easy it can be sometimes to start to take them for granted, to start to take life for granted, to start to take even kind of touching on what we just were talking about a few minutes ago, energy for granted. And I think that when we take really good care of ourselves, and I've talked about this too as well in multiple coffee talks now, but you can say you're taking good care of yourself, but you and only you know how good of care you're actually taking with, like of yourself, sorry. And that is really important because your why doesn't need to matter to anybody else, but it needs to matter to you. And if your actual why isn't a healthy why, you know it. And that's the only person that needs to know it for it to do damage. And and not damage in a scary way. I just mean that you'll know because you'll, you won't be able to stay in alignment. You won't be able to stay balanced. It'll come out in other ways. It'll come out in other symptoms. It'll come out in pain in your body, in tension in your body. I believe it all stems back to not even just physically taking care of yourself, I believe it all stems back to intention. It all stems back to that why. So you really have to dig deep when it comes to taking care of yourself, like mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, it just lovingly, like all of those things you need to really stem your why to a deep reason. And that deep reason needs to be like pure, in my opinion, for it to actually work and for you to actually enjoy your life and stay in balance and be happy and feel that sense of life, you know, just feel that sense of life inside of you and that sense of purpose and that sense of excitement. And so, yeah, I don't know. Did that even answer your question? What is my why? This life is so valuable. Like, and as much as I get tied up in my day to day, I'm still constantly in awe and I'm still, I'm always trying to just absorb as much of my life as I can because, and sometimes that can push me into anxiety, but it comes from a good place. It comes from me literally just being like, holy crap, like this is happening. Like sometimes that moment, that feeling overwhelms me like on a daily basis. And so taking care of my body makes it so that I can take that overwhelming, oh my God, this is happening feeling and use it and like use it for good. And I can only do that if I have that excess energy to give out. And you can only have excess energy to give out when you're taking care of your own energy. And that all starts or a big part of that starts with how you take care of your body physically, how you move your body, how you exercise, how you burn up that excess energy, how you eat, how you fuel, how much water you drink, how much rest you get. All of those things are huge components of that. So that would be my answer. Do you see what I mean about the Q and A? You guys just like, you get the conversations flowing. Okay. Someone's asking me how to learn to love fruits and vegetables because they don't like the texture and the taste. I really want to have an answer for you, but I really like the texture and the taste of fruit and vegetables. So I feel like any answer I give you is just going to be completely filtered through my love of fruits and vegetables. But one thing I will say is that you can get really creative using things like heat and different tools, and you can get really crafty in a kitchen to really change up the texture and taste of foods like pineapple. For instance, if you don't like the taste of pineapple, you can fry up pineapple. You can grill pineapple and put maple syrup on it. First time I ever actually had that was in the Dominican Republic. And it was like, I was like, this is like pancakes on crack because I love pineapple and I love maple syrup. And it was just like a, it was, it changed everything. So yeah, just get crafty in the kitchen. I feel like that would be my best 
my best answer because I feel like I can't really, I don't know. So Just Pink 86 says, I'm two months vegan now, but I'm struggling with processed foods versus raw foods. Any advice? Again, this is another good question. And again, I'm gonna start with a disclaimer because as always, you can't take my opinion as the be all or end all. Just, I have to make that disclaimer. This is just, again, my experience, what works for me. I feel like eating non-processed foods is something that is super important to me. It's important to me for a lot of reasons. It's important to me based on the research I've done. It's important to me based on even just what makes me feel good. At the same time though, one thing that I struggle with myself in my own day-to-day -day living is being aware that not everybody eats the same as me. And that is balancing that and, on, and then again, also going through the disorderly behaviors I went through with food and then also being aware that there is a certain style of eating that I do really stand by and I, I stand by it without that, like completely separate from that. It can be difficult because you start to add all of these layers and these rules and these like this complexity to food. And what really helped me when it came to, I guess just rerouting into my body and like rerouting into my trust with those types of things and whether I was around other people and you know, whatever they were eating or if you were in a situation where you could kind of eat whatever, just all of that. Like it just started to become so complicated that it boiled down to whatever causes the least amount of stress is the best fed, like food fed, is the best fed for you to eat. It's the best food for you to eat. I believe this for myself because I think that on a day-to-day -day basis, yes, I definitely think it's best to eat as little amount of processed foods as possible, whether you are vegan or not. Now then, again, I feel like that is a completely different video that I could go off on because processed foods is, I love processed foods, don't get me wrong, but they are so unhealthy for you. And as much as I back being a vegan personally, separate from the environmental issue, if we're talking strictly based on health, I think processed foods is where our society goes wrong. And so when it comes to just like whether or not you're struggling, like what side to go on, like just take all of those complexities away. Just try and eat in a way that makes you feel full, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel like you have lots of energy. And whatever fits that criteria for you is what's going to fit that criteria for you. A lot of the time, the like mental labeling that we kind of tend to put on things can a lot of ways manifest in the ways that we then eat those foods and feel after we eat those foods. So if you go into eating something thinking, this is gonna make me feel like shit, you're probably gonna feel like shit. And then if you go into eating something thinking, this is gonna make me feel amazing, it's, it's probably gonna make you feel more amazing. So if you're eating a vegan pizza, let's say, okay, I've had vegan pizzas and vegan chicken burgers in my recent vlogs and stuff like that just because I was craving those foods and I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna eat what I feel compelled to eat. I did not feel crappy eating those foods at all because I rarely do dip into the processed foods, but when I do dip into them, I get to enjoy them and they don't make me feel crappy because I'm enjoying the fact that I get to eat them. But I also think that it is important to make sure that processed food isn't something that you're eating every meal, let alone maybe every day. Like a few days a week, you're not gonna be hurt. Most of the times you probably won't be too bad anyway, but again, I can totally spin off on this topic, so maybe we should save it for another video, but just don't overcomplicate eating. Honestly, listen to your body. Like, I know that that sounds really simple, but that can feel really hard sometimes, and the best way to do it is to just take a second, even if you're around other people, like, honestly, the amount of times that I'll just, like, 
take a moment without even letting anyone know and just like check in with myself and then be like, oh yeah, we're good. Like don't overcomplicate food. Eat what's gonna make you feel good. Eat what gives you energy. Eat what you're craving sometimes and just re-heal that relationship with your body and it won't feel so much of a struggle, you know, one versus the other. You'll just find balance. Every time I do these videos, I always feel like I don't give concise answers. So I hope that's coming. I hope I'm translating anyway. Hey everyone, I'm Devin Werkheiser. I'm Lindsay Shaw. And I'm Daniel Curtis Lee. And we are the hosts of Ned's, Ned's Declassified, Declassified Podcast Survival Guide. Guide. Ever wonder what happened to Ned Mose and Cookie? Well, we're back. We helped you guys survive middle school. And now we're helping you survive adulthood. On Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide, we are re-watching episodes. Bringing you special guests like Coconut Head and Janitor Gordy. And catching up on the last 15 years. We're talking about everything from dating mishaps. To mental health and maintaining friendships. And asking the question, how do we survive adulthood? Maybe we don't always have the answers. But we're going to figure it out together. Come join us. So pause that podcast you're listening to and subscribe to Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Pinkmoon.04 wants to know, how did you start running? I've never really thought about it. I started running in elementary school. Like I remember I did track and field. I think I honestly probably just copied my sister growing up. She was always into like running and stuff like that. And she did track and field. And I just thought that was kind of cool. So I kind of followed in her footsteps and uh, she's also still a runner. And yeah, I've just kind of been a runner ever since. I honestly, in elementary school, I kind of hated it. I remember I also played soccer and like basketball and then I remember having to like run laps for things like that and hating it. I mean, I also definitely disturbed my relationship with running for a while too, but I've, I've recently rehealed it in the last like year and a half or so. And honest to God, it's become my antidepressant. Like I, again, disclaimer, this is just what works for me. But I was once on some pretty heavy, like, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, whatevers. And uh, it just wasn't working for me, and I really wanted to try something more natural. And one thing that, and again, do your research, talk to your doctor. Don't just, like, take my word for this, but this is how I ended up really falling in love with running is that it truly did become this thing that I could do that just I felt like I could just put all my energy into something like really just like zone in like I can I can sometimes be not an excessive person but I definitely feel like intense sometimes I get really intense feelings and running is such an easy way for me to bring that all of that energy back into balance because I can just push it out of me and I really zone out when I run I I like to get all up in my like thoughts when I'm running and stuff like that I listen to music that I can zone out to and just kind of go somewhere and I also really like to kind of visualize when I'm running like I do a lot of my manifesting when I'm running I can't believe I'm telling you guys this but yeah like when I run and stuff I'm usually like picturing my future and just like I completely again talk about disassociation I just like float above my body while I'm running and my body's just kind of doing its thing and I'm just like all up here just like do 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 just thinking about all these things and then when I after I run I I've, there is no better feeling like you just 
it is an, they call it a runner's high for a reason. It's like an elated state and you just feel so good. And it also, I find as weird as this sounds, it really helps my yoga and stuff too, because it warms up those muscles. It warms up that flow of blood through your, your entire body. But also it really helps me connect with my breath. Like I, I feel like I don't hyperventilate as much. And so that's really helped with deeper breathing in my day to day, which has really helped with panic attacks. It's really helped with my anxiety, especially in like social situations or situations where I get out and I'm out of my comfort zone. And all of a sudden I'll just kind of reconnect to that like runner's breath where you're just like, like you feel a little weird. You have to like flare your nostrils, but it just makes you take really deep breaths. So those are the reasons why it is like an elixir for me. I just love it. And I highly suggest just like it, try it out a few times, try and play with different music, play with different tempos, play with different paces, try running outside, try running inside. And if you still don't like it, it might just not be your thing. Like just find whatever that thing is for you that does all of those things, you know, that just takes your mind and takes your body on a journey and uh, try that. <laughs> I'll answer two more because I don't really know how long we've been talking, but I feel like it's been a while. Marisa, M Marissa, Marisa, <laughs> M-A-R-I-S-A-C-H-A-N underscore, wants to know, how do you accept your body for what it is? I always feel like I need to lose weight. Ho girl, retweet. Again, I, got, I just feel like I'm gonna make this disclaimer every time I answer a question today. I can only speak from personal experience, but this is something I am actively working on with myself. I, I feel like I've made a lot of progress when it comes to accepting my body the way it is, but I still have a long way to go. And I don't know if you guys watched the q and I did a coffee talk Q&A last week and I talked about how relationships are like bank accounts and the way that I look at my relationship with my body and the way that I look at my relationship with food and just body image and all of that is like this big bank account, right? And when I was born or whatever, whatever you believe in, it was just like already full and probably around puberty, I started taking withdrawals, like small at first and then it started becoming bigger withdrawals, bigger withdrawals, you know, bigger restrictions, bigger like methods, just like it started to just get bigger and bigger because I had to take bigger withdrawals to feel like it was doing anything. So I started going to therapy in 2018. I don't know if I really actually opened up about how that was like affecting my life until 2019, like beginning of 2019, end of 2018. And so it's been about a year of me putting withdrawals back into that account, but that account still feels like, you know, sometimes it can just feel like opening up Instagram and seeing a photo that just like puts you in a weird mindset. Like sometimes I'll catch that happening and I can feel the withdrawal. Like I can literally feel me being like, holy crap, like you have so far to go. Like we should you know, work out, we should crazy work out this week, or we should like starting to feel that urgency to kind of make this like crazy plan again. Like, you know what I mean? That it, you trick, or I used to trick myself into thinking it was motivation, but it wasn't kind of like that core why thing. It wasn't properly intended motivation. It was coming from a place of lack. It was coming from a place of feeling like I wasn't good enough and all of that. So I would say that my best opinion and the only real advice that I, I feel confident giving you right now in the sense of I think I'm implementing this myself is awareness. I don't think I can give you a really defined answer in terms of how to truly and deeply feel good in your body because I'm still learning how to do that myself. 
but I think that the first step comes from being aware. It comes from being able to catch yourself, catch the triggers that make you feel that way, catch the things and the patterns that you might subconsciously have created within yourself and to be aware of them because that is how you start creating space for yourself to make change. And I think that if I'm to give you guys like an idea of where I feel like I'm at on that journey. I feel like my awareness is like hyper key now. Like I feel like I'm always aware when it's happening and it's felt like it's been a few months since I've let those trigger like moments actually hook, you know? It's felt like a long time since I've, I've let that kind of embed itself in me. And that is really cool. Like just experiencing that and catching yourself get better at something, at anything is really cool. And to, to catch myself, I guess, getting better at this, which is something that I never thought I would. I never thought I would actually get to a point where like it wasn't so, my life didn't feel so controlled by what I was eating and like obsessing over that stuff anymore. Um, to get to that point, is really cool. And so I think that it's just about baby steps. You don't have to freaking love your body overnight. I don't think that that's realistic in my opinion, but I think that you have these little moments where you catch yourself just like thinking you look flying in an outfit. And then like, I don't know, you're about to get into the shower and you're like, is that a booty? Do I have a butt? And just like things like that, you'll start catching those moments. You'll start catching, like you'll be on Instagram and then you'll be like, you know what? Good for her, but also good for me. And just like, you'll, you'll just slowly but surely heal that wound and keep investing back into that account until it's overflowing with love. And that's where my goal is. My goal is for that account to be overflowing with love. We're about like 75% full right now. Didn't you have a second part of that question? I always feel like I need to lose weight. That, okay, let me just make one more little point on that that always feeling like you need to lose weight. I definitely think we're seeing a big shift in society and a big shift in social media, at least maybe that, that could also be catered to the fact that I've really narrowed down what I follow. But I definitely think that we're starting to see more emphasis on all ranges and all weights and not that, you know, cause some people are naturally thin and that's not wrong or bad either. Like I really don't believe, I just believe in people being their healthiest and whatever that looks like is what looks the best. But that whole feeling like you need to lose weight is such a deep core societal norm that isn't your fault. It is just, it's just kind of what we're taught, you know, and it sucks. It's kind of shitty. But again, being aware of that, you get to change your mind. You get to choose to actively not take on that societal norm and to create your own norm. So no, you do not need to lose weight. You just need to be happy. Cause literally tell me one person you know that is happy that doesn't look freaking great. Okay, I'm gonna answer one more question and then I'm gonna leave you guys there. So this one comes from Lauren Francesca J. She wants to know, how do you deal with the urge to binge eat when you're stressed? This is a good question because in my own experience with binge eating, it's split off in, into two kind of, it's manifested in two ways in my life. And binge eating is one of those feelings that is so interesting because it's like, if you've ever experienced it before, you really kind of feel like you're just like sitting back into like an observer mindset and your body is just like, Rah! and you're just kind of like, what the hell is happening? But like, you can't stop. That's what binge eating feels like. and. I've had that experience before from restriction. And I think that when I was trying to heal binge eating, you know, when I was first kind of dipping into the 
just the whole experience of it and why it was happening and just self-discovery and trying to find the root of it and all of that. I really tried to root down into the whole restriction side of it, but I never really rooted down into the anxiety side of it. And it kind of, I guess it just, that was the hardest one for me to basically kick because I felt like it was easy for me to understand that I needed to eat more, that I needed to fill my body with energy and food. And that was like, yeah, like common sense. But when I started to do that, but the binge eating was still sticking around, I was very confused because I was like, okay, I'm not restricting anymore. My, my body isn't in the negatives in terms of the amount of energy that I have. Again, if we were to put this into like money, right? I'm not in the overdraft with my energy anymore. So why do I still feel like I'm binging? And it was, it took me a while to kind of make that connection that there was another kind of binge eating that I was experiencing. And that was, it was very emotional and it was anxiety eating, like honestly. And this is something that I want to do a cosmic brew on. So whether you guys are into this stuff or not, it's probably going to be one of the next few cosmics, but in the last like two years, I feel like I've been going through like a spiritual awakening, right? And that can feel really intense. And especially if you don't really understand it and you don't even realize it's kind of happening. A lot of nights, there was a lot of times where I would almost kind of feel this over exuberant amount of energy in my body that wasn't necessarily bad energy or good energy. It was just pure freaking anxiety. It was like my body was being electrocuted and that anxiety, that, that energy, it, it was like, I would have done anything to just like put a lid on it, you know? And so I was eating excessively without realizing it. This binging was coming from, and it was a lot of the times like carbs, like I would eat just like a lot of like heavier foods and I so could not see it at the time, but what I was really doing, what my body was doing is it was trying to basically give that energy somewhere to go. And when you eat a lot of carbs, especially heavier carbs, that takes a lot of energy for your body to digest. And so it took me forever to make that connection, to realize that binging doesn't just come from restriction. It, it also can come from an, a surplus of energy. You know what I mean? It doesn't always come from the overdraft. So I had gone from overdraft to pure anxiety, which wasn't necessarily from what I was eating. It was just like anxiety. I just felt overstimulated. I felt like I was just, it took me a while to stop doing this and get back into a pretty healthy state of balance, especially with my body. And uh, when I was up here, I was binging. And when I was down there, I was binging, but in this middle ground, which is where you want to be, um, you find balance and you don't binge and you also don't restrict. And so it was the excessive amount of energy and then feeling like I needed to find a way to channel that energy into something. And a lot of the times, if you're mentally fatigued, if you're also putting in your life scenarios, you're putting in emotions, you're putting in anything else that might be going on in your life, it can sometimes be the easiest thing to do. Or if you're also searching for comfort in any kind of way, which again, anxiety is a, a big thing at that. Um, it can be really easy to kind of turn to food and then you end up finding yourself just excessively eating large quantities of food and a lot of the time carbs or like simple foods because it gives that energy somewhere to go. It gives your body something to do and it helps you rest. It really puts you in a, into a state of comatose. It, it helps you relax a bit. So as for my advice as to what to do about that emotional eating, about that excessive energy, trying to anchor yourself kind of eating would, and I touched on this a bit with running, but it would be to find anything to to put that anxious energy into. And this is 
easier said than done because like I said, it can be a lot of other things and other components of your life that are making you feel like food is the easiest way. But my biggest thing was honestly talking about it. Like the minute that I kind of pulled it like a skeleton out of my closet and talked about it with my therapist, it made me feel, it made it feel like less of a dirty thing. Like I felt like I was hiding it because you feel wrong for whatever reason. You're like, that was kind of a, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a pretty thing to admit. Like nobody wants to be like, yo, I just like mucked so much food right now. Like, but talking about it really just like, I guess desensitized myself to it and maybe gave me the ability to look at it more objectively and then be like, oh, I can see what I'm doing there. Like, I understand that. And then after talking about it, it made it easier so that when those moments would happen where I would feel myself be super anxious and then catch myself just being like, oh my God, what can I eat? What can I eat? I would be like, oh, there it is. I'm doing it again. What's a better way that I could deal with this right now? I could call up somebody and talk about how I'm feeling. I could take Bentley for a walk. And that one is probably, I would say, whether you have a dog or not, going for walks was like the best thing in the world. Just throwing on headphones, putting on some chill music and walking until I literally just that feeling of like, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel overstimulated started to melt off. Like you will literally feel it start to melt off your bones. And then you can go home and eat like a normal dinner, but you won't over excessively eat. And that again, that win best feeling in the world when you are so accustomed to dealing with anxiety that way. And then the first time you go for that walk or you go for that run or you create something, you talk to somebody, you find another outlet for that energy. You find another way to ground it and put it into something else. And then not only that, like, cause this is the important part. You still have to be healthy. Like you still have to fuel your body. You still have to listen to your body. Your body still needs food. Don't be afraid of eating either because that's going to keep you in that yo-yo. That is like the winning component in my opinion is that when you can follow it up with eating healthily, just like you would in, in front of anyone is just in a way that makes you feel good and full and fulfilled, then you win. Then you've, you've conquered it and you've done it once and then it's going to be easier to do it again. And then it's going to be easier to do it again. And then you're unlearning that habit. And then not only are you unlearning that habit, but you're building a stronger mind body connection. You're building a stronger sense of attunement with yourself because you're able to be like, oh, I'm feeling activated. I'm feeling super overwhelmed, super anxious, super revved up. Um, I, I know how my body feels chemically now obligated or programmed to answer to this. Instead, I'm going to choose to do this. Instead, I'm going to go walk with music in my ears. Like I'm telling you, especially in the summer, I would walk for hours. Like I would literally just walk and walk and walk and walk until I felt that feeling go away. The only way I can describe it is it honestly feels like it kind of melts out of your limbs and you hit this point along your walk where you take this big deep breath and then you're like, there it is. We're good. We are good. And then you just like go home and you're all chilled out and you're just like fine again, you know, but it's a totally normal feeling. Don't freak out, you know, any of the things that we're talking about today. The reason why I'm trying to get more open about talking about these things is because I think it is so normal and it is so common. And like the more we talk about it, the more we stop making it seem like such a big thing and like something that we all need to feel ashamed of. Um, life is a wild ride, guys. It gets crazy and sometimes we just like, we cope in whatever ways that we cope. We try and protect ourselves and that's okay. That's so human. But, um, I'll do my best to keep trying to tell you guys how I've figured those pathways out. If any of you guys have any points to any of these things, you guys always literally, the comment section is like my favorite thing in the world now, because I feel like 
everybody's just been so deep and like so forthcoming with information and just like sharing stories. So just like anything you want to add, any stories you got, put them down below. If you guys want to be in the next Q&A, be sure to go follow my Instagram. Now these Q&As have been going on my personal Instagram, but there is a Co's Instagram too. Just check it all out down below. Notification bell as well in case you guys want to know the next coffee talk. Like I said, there's going to be a cosmic brew coming all about that spiritual awakening if you guys are into that stuff. So thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you guys took something out of today's video and uh, make sure, you know, you get in on the next one. I hope I didn't also, I don't know why I see my anxieties kicking in now. I'm like, I hope I didn't offend anybody in this video today, but y'all know what's up. <laughs> Bye guys.